Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Hey, well, this is week six of our Empowered series. Next weekend, we're going to be, will be our final weekend, and we're actually going to be hearing from our Vineyard USA uh, national director, a guy named Jay Pathak. It's going to be really good. And uh, in this Empowered series, we focused in on the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's the third person of the Trinity. What is the Trinity? Well, God is, God is one God, and, and God, is in, through, uh, through the Scriptures, has revealed himself to the world in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and then God the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've looked at, in this series, at who the Holy Spirit is, uh, what he does, how he has come to help us, to to fill us, to, to equip us as we, uh, you know, t- uh, as followers of Jesus, to continue the works of Jesus. And as we continue looking at the Holy Spirit today, we're going to do sort of a little bit of a side tour in a way. We're going we're gonna to look today at a very simple but powerful prayer regarding the Holy Spirit. And this is a prayer that has really marked the vineyard, you're in a vineyard church, in case you didn't notice, but uh, a vineyard, the vineyard movement all around the world. In fact, when this prayer was prayed uh, in a very early gathering in the first vineyard church, uh, God powerfully, powerfully met the people. And really at that time, God put a very strong identity marker on this thing called the vineyard, the vineyard movement. In a little bit here, I want to show you a short video uh, regarding the, the, the day, the, the service that uh, when this short prayer was prayed uh, in the vineyard. But first, let me set the video up this way. Why don't we throw up that first slide? How many of you have seen the movie Jesus Revolution? Are the rest of you Christians? What's going on here? no. Okay, strongly, you know, uh, strongly recommend it. It's, a really, it's really well done. This movie captures the, the many challenges and the excitement of what's known as the Jesus People, uh, Jesus People Movement. It's a, you know, a, really a great revival that started in the late 60s. But this movie's really important because it's out of this Jesus People Movement that the Vineyard, the Vineyard Movement was uh, was born in Southern California where the revival started. There was one, uh, one of the people used powerfully by God, a young man by the name of Lonnie Frisbee. He's one of the main characters in the movie uh, when you see it. But I mentioned Lonnie because in the video I'm going to show you, it's uh, John Wimber who uh, God raised up to start the vineyard. John Wimber talks about Lonnie Frisbee and just how God used this young man uh, and uh, what he said, and especially this simple prayer that he prayed to really ignite the Holy Spirit's uh, work in the vineyard. This event happened almost exactly 43 years ago. Uh, It was an evening service on Mother's Day, which was last Sunday, uh, 1980, way back in 1980. So let's watch the video where Wimber, it's about four minutes long, Wimber talks about this uh, pivotal event. Let's watch the video. The first time that the Lord Jesus Christ sent his spirit in great power among us, I was fit to be tied for days. I was so angry. I was so upset. I wanted to get out of the ministry. I said, no way am I going to put up with Why, that's absurd what God did. 
course, I wasn't absolutely sure it was God. But even after I was convinced it was God, I had difficulty with it. And I want you to know that. When God began moving among us, and not, this particular night, we were having a church service. And, and in fact, that, that Sunday afternoon, I, I was coming out of the, the church service. It was Mother's Day of all days. Mother's Day. If you think you'd be safe in church on Mother's Day. Well, I, I'm walking out of the church, and, and God says to me, tell that young man to preach tonight. Well, I'm not in the habit of just telling any old young man to preach in my church. And I said, and particularly that young man, because I heard he was a little strange. And I said, Lord, you want me to have him preach? And the Lord said very clearly to me, yes. So I went up to him and I said, Lonnie, would you like to preach tonight in my church? He said, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for the chance. I thought, oh, no. I'm telling you, I died a thousand deaths all afternoon. All afternoon, I agonized. I said, oh, God, you got me into it again. You got me into a mess. He's going to mess my church up. And the Lord said, when did it become your church? I said, oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So I went to church that night. And I <laughs> we worshipped extra long. I found a lot of announcements that needed to be made. But I, I, and as long as I stretched it, it was still time. And so he's sitting there all bright and alert like a kid at his birthday party. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, he looks harmless enough. All right, come on up. So he comes up and he starts speaking. And I sit down over on the side. And, uh, and I'm listening to him. And, and it's great. You know, I mean, I'm thinking, what was I worried about? He was funny. He's giving his testimony. And, and his pathos in it, you know, and Tie you weep a little bit, and you, you know, and, he, and you, you know, salute a couple times, and he, and he's telling you some great verses, and you're laughing, and just having a wonderful time. I'm thinking, what was I worried about? This is great, you know, God, you're so good. And then he does the weirdest thing I've ever even heard of. <laughs> Everything's going good, you know. All of a sudden, he stops and he says, "Well, that's it." He said, "You know, the church has been offending the Holy Spirit a long time, and uh, he's he's quenched, but he's getting over it." And we're going to invite him to come and minister. Now, come, Holy Spirit, and whammo! The Spirit of God comes. And people start fighting. Well, first of all, he says, everybody 25 years and under, come forward. Well, in our church, that's everybody. You know, they're all coming up there. And there's hundreds of them up all crowded around the stage. And he says, come, Holy Spirit. And the next thing I know, people are falling and bouncing in her. And they're laying on the floor and they're talking like turkey. And one kid, he falls. One kid, he falls. And the microphone falls with him. You know, and it's laying right in front of his face. And he's speaking in tongues, you know. I mean, I'm not talking about two minutes. I'm talking about 45 minutes he's talking through that microphone. And we're wading through bodies, you know, trying to get over to him. And we can't get the microphone off, and we can't get to him. And Lonnie is going like a banshee. You know, he's running through the crowd and raising his hands. And, you know, and I'm thinking he's pushing people over. He's knocking them down. But he's not even touching them. He's walking by them, and they're going wham, wham, you know, and falling everywhere. And I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, get me out of here. And people are grabbing their Bibles and going, not me. I'm and they're going out the door. Some of them I never have seen. That was four years ago, you know. All right. So that's a taste. That video is like 10 minutes long. And if that 
Uh, if you want to watch the rest of it, you can search it on YouTube. It's, it's uh, just search The Spirit Comes, Mother's Day 1980. Um, but did you catch in that video, did you catch the, the short prayer that I want to focus on today? What is it? Come, Holy Spirit. Uh, since that day in 1980, I would bet that that simple prayer has been whispered, has been prayed, has been shouted thousands and thousands and thousands of times in numerous languages all, all around uh, the Vineyard Movement, all around the world. And if you're newer to the church or newer to the Vineyard, I hope that you've heard us pray that. I, I would be shocked if you hadn't heard us pray that. But when we pray, come Holy Spirit, uh, if you're newer to the, to the vineyard, or um, I wonder if you've ever thought, hey, what does that mean? Why, why do we pray, come Holy Spirit? Because are we saying that because, like, I, I thought God was always with us. Is the Holy Spirit just floating somewhere? And, you know, come Holy Spirit, please come over this way. Or is it uh, because we do pray this prayer a lot in the vineyard? Is this like some vineyard sort of mantra? Or like we think these are magic words? Or this prayer is like a vineyard rabbit's foot? Oh, it worked back in 1980. Maybe, maybe it's going to work again. Well, today what I want to do uh, in this Empowered series is I want to focus right in on that question. What does it mean? What does it mean in the vineyard when we pray, come Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Uh, and I, I want to invite us. Why don't we, it's, it seems fitting to start our time. Could we pray together that simple prayer? Will you join me? Let's pray. So come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we, uh, we confess today that you are God. We confess today that, that uh, you're with us. We confess today that you are hard to understand. So would you come Holy Spirit? Would you come and have your way uh, would you meet us here in the room? I pray for those joining us online. Would you come close? Would you teach us, teach us more today? Uh, we welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I have three points to answer uh, the question. What do we mean when we pray, come Holy Spirit? But first, let me uh, establish a little bit of context for, for that prayer. Uh, one of our core beliefs in the vineyard is we believe in God's loving, active Power and presence always, always with us. And so whenever we gather, whether it's like this on the weekend or in small groups during the week, we're always trying to look for what, what is the Holy Spirit doing? What is he, what is he saying, etc. And And especially when we gather on the weekends, when we move into something that we call ministry time, we're especially trying to focus in on, on uh, tune in to what God is doing in the room. And in our ministry time, we create an opportunity for people to respond to what God is doing by inviting folks, uh, inviting folks forward uh, for prayer. And when we move into this thing called ministry time, you may or may not have noticed that this slide, when we throw out that next slide, this slide pops up. And in the vineyard, we have something called a five-step prayer model, guaranteed that it always works. No, I'm joking. That's not true. But it's a super helpful model. And later this year, we're going to teach the whole church this prayer model because we want to equip everyone here to be able to pray for someone. But today I want to focus in on the first two steps of this five-step prayer model. And again, in setting context, what I mean is let's say someone has come forward for prayer and you go up to them to pray for them. The first thing you do is you ask right? Or really the first thing you do is you say, hi, my name is Michael, if your name is Michael. Uh, hi, my name is Michael. What's your name? And then you ask them, hey, how can I pray for you today? And that's another way of saying, hey, where does it hurt? 
where's the struggle? Where's the, you know, where's the burden, et cetera? And, and when you ask that, when you pray for someone, you, you never know what, what the need will be. You never know what the, uh, what the, the struggle will be. You could, uh, they may respond with something like, oh, I need a job. Or I put my back out and it, and it hurts. Uh, or I've been diagnosed with cancer. Or someone I love has been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, my company is struggling. My marriage is struggling. My spouse has just left me. My, my child is being bullied. Uh, my child is, is really running off the rails. Or I'm stuck. I feel stuck in my life and I don't know what to do. Or, or maybe they would say something like, I'm a Browns fan. Okay, so we're talking... People come forward, people come forward uh, with hopeless situations. But the point of all this, I may need to be escorted out of the building today. The point of this, though, is you're standing there. A person has just shared their need. And, if you're, and, and in your mind, you may think something like this. You're looking at the person, you listen to their, you know, their struggle. And in your mind, you think, hmm, I should probably go pray for someone else. Because I am overwhelmed by, by the need here. And I honestly don't have a clue. I have no idea what to pray for this person. Like, have you ever felt that way? Like, honestly, I feel that way every day. Every day, no exaggeration. But be encouraged because look at the second step. The second step is we invite. Oh, wait a minute. Who do we invite? Well, we pray this prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. We invite the Holy Spirit. And then it says to wait. And then we wait. And even if you think you do know what to pray for the person, I strongly encourage you to still start in in that place of praying, come Holy Spirit. And I say that because of what we mean when we pray this this, uh, simple prayer. So three points. When we pray, come Holy Spirit, number one, we're admitting our need for him. Very simple, but super profound. When we say, come Holy Spirit, we're admitting our need. We're we're basically admitting, as we look at the need in front of us for this this person in our own lives, we're admitting that, this is so beyond me. I have no idea what to pray or what to do in this situation. And so we admit our need. We pray a prayer that says, come Holy Spirit. We invite the one who can do anything who can do anything. Uh, You've probably heard me say this, uh, something like this. I said it, I think, a couple weeks ago. The power of prayer is not found in the eloquence eloquence of the prayer or prayer, but rather the power of prayer is found in the one we are praying to. And so it is a really good and right thing to confess and admit our need. And this prayer is so helpful for us to remember where the prayer or where the power is in our prayer because, uh, you know, you may have noticed, uh, or, or if you haven't, you will soon, but life has a way of humbling us. Just living life has a way of getting us in touch with how, really how, well, I'll just be honest, how clueless we really are and how needy and how weak uh, we are. And, and I am convinced this is totally God's, totally God's design. And, and it really helps free us from our human condition. I, you know, I remember, I remember in my late teens and in my late 20s and, and uh, really feeling almost immortal, right? Some of you might be in that stage of life and enjoy it. 
Uh, and some of you, do you remember that? When you just, it's like sleep? Who needs sleep? Sleep is for wimps, right? It's sort of like, and I just remember that. I remember as a young man coming out of school and, and just moving into life with so many big plans and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and all these things. But life has a way of humbling us and life has a way of, of really exposing our neediness as plans start to break down. Suddenly, I was, you know, I'm, suddenly I'm not as sure or as confident as I was. And again, I believe this is God's plan because that is a really good thing because one of the foundational truths of following Jesus, of being a Christian, that I have, as I get older, have really grown to love, is that however long our lives are on planet Earth, whatever season of life you're in, uh, it is God's plan that we would always need him. It's God's plan that we would always run to him, you know, call to him, uh, pray to him, come Holy Spirit, we need you. Listen to this. In God's eyes, it is not a sign of weakness to constantly need him, but rather it, it is a sign of maturity as a follower of Jesus. When Jesus first called the the disciples, his call was, come follow me, come follow me. And, and he can, all through history and up till today, he continues to call people. You know, the Christian life is, it means come, come follow me. And there's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus turns to his followers and says, hey, you know what? I think you guys have got it now. Off you go. You don't need to follow me anymore. He never he never says that in the Bible. In fact, he says this. Here's a, here's a picture of what come follow me looks like. John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So according to Jesus, how much can we do on our own? Which is sort of true, but it's sort of not true. Because the truth is, in this life, we can do lots of things. In fact, I think sometimes many of us live our lives like disconnected branches. Or more accurately, we live our lives, uh, uh, we go about our lives connected to lots of different vines, uh, small V vines, if you will, that the, world, that the world offers. But what Jesus is saying in this scripture, uh, and really what he's inviting us into, he's basically saying, hey, the fruit that I want to grow on my branches, the fruit that I want to grow through you is impossible for you if you aren't connected to me, to the vine. So simply, what do we mean when we pray, come Holy Spirit? Number one, we're admitting that we need him. Number two, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, we're submitting to his plan and promise. And a few weeks ago, uh, I did a talk on being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I talked about how, you know, uh, uh, that it was God's plan and promise to send the Holy Spirit to fall on all his sons and daughters and to fill us up and to live in us as his followers and live, uh, and live through us. I quoted Jesus telling his disciples, uh, really laying out the plan. He says this in John 16, 7. Jesus says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. And the advocate, uh, the comforter, the helper, it's another name for the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him to you. And what I said a couple of weeks back was, you know, Jesus comes to earth as a little baby. 
And he comes and he has a work to do and he goes to the cross and then he's laid in a tomb and he comes back to life on the third day. And and when he's finished his work on planet earth, Jesus is ascending back up to heaven. And what I picture in my mind is as Jesus is going up, the Holy Spirit is starting to come down and they they tag and Jesus is like, you're in bro. And the Holy Spirit is like, ooh, I don't know what the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit's going, yeah, yeah, funny boy. But But the Holy Spirit comes, and it's what we're going to celebrate next weekend, Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes in power and falls on uh, on the followers of Jesus, fills them to overflowing. And and, And according to Jesus, what then, what will the Holy Spirit do now that he has come until the time when Jesus returns? So here's, here's here's a short list of what the Spirit will do. John 14, 26, he will remind us of all Jesus has taught us. That is awesome. That's, that's a gift. John 15, 6, he will teach us about Jesus. There's always more to learn about Jesus. John 6, uh, 16, 8 to 11, he will convict people of sin. Very necessary. John 16, 13, he will guide us into truth. Acts 1, 8, he will empower us to be God's witnesses. Romans 8, 14 to 17, he will remind us of our adoption into God's family. I think that's awesome. It is the Holy Spirit in you who whispers to you over and over, hey, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're a a son of the king. You're a daughter of the king. Romans 15, 13, he, the Holy Spirit, will give us hope. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, what Andrew talked about last weekend, he will equip us. The Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. And then finally, Galatians 5, to 23, he will change us by growing his fruit, the fruit of the Spirit in us. Now, that's, that's just the start of a list. But again, I want, I'm just driving home that this is, has always been God's plan and God's promise to come and dwell in, in, our, in our lives and to, to fill us, to empower us, to equip us, to do all that God has given us. And even though, and let's be honest, it's such a mystery. Because, and I say this every time I say this, <laughs> but, but if God was living in me, you'd think I would be glowing or something. Like you'd think I'd be radioactive or like in, in the best sense, right? Chernobyl. But it's like, But just because it's hard for us to get our heads around doesn't mean it isn't true. And the Bible makes it very clear that it has always been God's plan and God's promise to do this. And so that tells me two things. If it's his plan and promise, that means for us as human beings, uh, that means that we were made for this. Think about that. In all our brokenness, in all our struggles, God's like, no, I'm... I still want to fill you up. I want to come by my spirit and I want to live in that struggling life of yours. That's awesome. We were made for this. And then number two, because it's God's plan and promise, well, then is it any wonder? Is it any wonder that there seems to be so much confusion around the Holy Spirit? And when we consider the Trinity, Father, Son, and and Holy Spirit, is it any wonder that historically, Uh, the one who is ignored or rejected or understood the most by the church is who? It's It's the Holy Spirit. You know, if I was God's enemy and I clued in that this was his plan to, for Almighty God to come and 
fill and, and encourage and empower a human being. If I, if I was his enemy, I would take whatever limited power I have and I would try to stop that. I would try to get in the way of that happening. And, and if you look over throughout history, church history, uh, what you see is that many people, many churches, many denominations really have treated and continue to treat the Holy Spirit like that, uh, that uncle, right? The uncle that you hope doesn't show up to the family gathering because he can be so embarrassing and you never know what he's going to do. I, I know the video, you know, it's, a, it's an old VHS video uh, uh, and I know it was sometimes hard to understand, but did you catch in the video what Lonnie Frisbee said before he prayed, come Holy Spirit? He said this, he said, the church... The church has been offending the Holy Spirit a long time and he's quenched. And I think he means to put out or extinguish. And then he said, but he's getting over it and we're going to invite him to come and minister. Come Holy Spirit. When we pray that simple prayer, one, we're admitting our need. Nothing of substance. No life will be changed today unless you come Holy Spirit. Right? That's the first one. Secondly, when we say, come Holy Spirit, we are submitting. We are submitting ourselves to the plan and promise of God. You come Holy Spirit. You come have your way. You come do what you want to do in this situation, in this person's life, etc. And then number three, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, we create an opportunity for God to be glorified. And if you weren't here last weekend, uh, I encourage you to listen to, uh, to Andrew's uh, talk on, the, on, on spiritual gifts. It was excellent, super helpful, just an understanding, you know, spiritual gifts and how the Holy Spirit uh, um, divvies those out. And last weekend, one of Andrew's points was, why does the Holy Spirit give gifts? And he gave two biblical reasons, one, to build up the church body, and two, to glorify and praise God and really, you, you see that all the way through the Bible. You really see that all through church history is that, you know, as God is the kingdom of God, the power and presence of God breaks into people's lives, right? What, what happens? Well, miracles happen. Lives are changed on and on. And pretty much every time that a gift of the spirit is used uh, in the Bible throughout history to build up a human, to impact a human life, almost always uh, the result is glory and praise to God. People are in awe of God. Last weekend, Andrew shared a story of a woman in our church who, like three, I think three or four weeks ago, was healed during our, our ministry time. And, and he said that uh, when he talked about the result of the spiritual gift of healing being poured out on this lady, he said one result, one result was she was healed. Pain went away. Her mobility came back. And two, she could not stop thanking and praising God for what he had just done. And then Andrew talked about the two ladies who were praying for her, who had been used by the Holy Spirit to pray for her healing. And he made the comment that these ladies were not offended that this other woman was giving glory to God and not them, if you remember that. Uh, in fact, they also joined in in giving thanks and praise to God. And I believe it, it's because they prayed, come Holy Spirit. Right? We can't do anything. We submit to you right now. If anything happens, it's obvious. It's obvious who has done it. I think that is a great example 
of, of how this simple yet powerful prayer creates an opportunity, an opportunity for God to be glorified. And I say opportunity because uh, notice in the story that Andrew told that uh, you can see the woman who needed healing, right? You can see, you, if you were close, you could probably hear the women who were praying for you. But the challenge for us and where we trip up as humans is, but you couldn't see or hear the one who actually did the healing. And that's where, I, that's where this, this prayer to me is, is, is simple, but so important because of this reminder that if anything does happen, it's you, God. Because we can, we can actually miss, we can miss uh, an opportunity to give glory to God, to give praise to God if we don't recognize, if we don't acknowledge the source. So let me do a little bit of a rabbit trail. One of my concerns as a pastor is that we live in a time with social media where we have Christian celebrities, right? We have, we have you know, worship leaders who are rock stars. We have pastors who are like, I don't know what, all right, uh, celebrities. There, that's a good word. They're like celebrities. And people, men and women, who are being used by God to do all these amazing things. And, and one of the challenges is, as people, we can many times be more in awe more in awe of the gifted person than we are with the giver of gifts because, because we can see them. And, and when someone goes, you know, boom, and, and, and the room falls down, it's like, who is that guy? I want to get close to that guy. I need to get to know that guy. And one of the dangers, one of the dangers in that is when we do this, the church is not built up. Not only is God not glorified, the church is not built up. In fact, I would say the church suffers because the pe- person being used by God is a branch, only a branch. They are not the vine. And when we treat a branch like a vine, it messes that branch up. And that person starts to get distracted by themselves, by their ego, by their image, by the amount of social media followers. And then the people who are treating that person that way are are in awe of them. They get disappointed and discouraged because a branch was never meant to draw life and identity and sustenance from another branch. We're meant to draw that from the vine. As human beings, we are not built to receive glory. We are built to, to give glory. So let me end with this scripture. Let's read this verse together. Here we go, Matthew, let's read this together. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and what? Glorify your Father in heaven. I believe this simple prayer that God has given us is a great way to admit our need, to submit to the authority and plans of God and then, and then to remind us again if anything happens here, to remind us of the source. Amen? Why don't we stand up? We're going to go back into worship. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.